Welcome to the Word of Life Ministry Sunday morning worship service via conference call. I am your host, Elder Lorraine Hopkins. Our church is located at 1600 Conley Road in Conley, Georgia, 30288. We invite you to take advantage of our food pantry services on Thursdays between the hours of 10 a.m. and noon and on Saturdays between the hours of noon and 2 p.m. We hope you enjoy today's service and find something in it that will resonate within your heart and drive your love, passion, and commitment towards our Heavenly Father. We also hope that you hear something that will help to enhance your relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please sit back, relax, take some really good notes, and enjoy the word. Thank you so much for being here today. definitely give honor to God on this morning. I thank him for the opportunity to stand before his people and fulfill the assignment which was entrusted unto me um, by our leadership, our pastors. Can we give our pastors a hand clap of praise? Amen. We honor Dr. Shelley Boone the second and Elder Dr. Jacqueline Boone. We thank him. Um, for just all that he does for the house of God, for the people of God, amen, and for being the visionary of this house. And I thank him for the opportunity to stand before God's people and perform this task. Um, every time I come up here, I don't care how many times I have taught or preached or whatever, I just feel myself filled with jitters and nerves. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to be before you long. Um, we want to welcome our conference line attendees to the service. We thank God for them and for all that they um, they do. Um, if it wasn't for them, I couldn't do what I do. Amen. So I would be remiss not to thank Elder um, Bernie Owens, um, Minister Denise Glanton, um, Sister Jackie Hope Myrick, Mother Carolyn Ford. Um, while you may not see them in here, they're laboring on the other side, alongside you. So I thank God for them. Can we give them a hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. Well, there is a word today. Um, and before I get into the word, I just want to thank God for my daughter, Sister Christian. I know y'all haven't seen her in a while, but she will probably be popping in and giving y'all a dance before she go back to school this month. Um, but this morning as I was coming to church, I was talking to her, and um, we were in really deep fellowship, you know. And so I was asking the Lord to confirm some things in me as I was getting ready for today. She was asking the Lord to confirm some things in her, and we found that confirmation in our conversation this morning. And um, my children have been seeking to get baptized for three years now. And so she'll be getting baptized this Thursday before she comes home. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, So then i got to find my son a place to be baptized, which I think we're, you know, we might have somewhere. But, um, you know, you send your kids off to college and, you pray that, you know, the Lord stays with them and they stay with the Lord. And just to see the fire and the passion that has, it went from this level to this level when she went out on her own. And so I thank God for that. 
and that's something to be proud of, and that's something to just, you know, stir up something in you when you have all these issues of life happening around you. Um, so there is a word today, and we are going to start with our foundational scripture. So if you can turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 16. And our foundational scripture is verse 33, but we're going to skip ahead a couple of verses. We're going to start at verse 31. And once you have it, if you would just stand with me um, just to give reverence to God's word. And if you don't have it, just stand anyway, because I'm going to read it into your hearing. But we just thank God for yet another day. All standing. Amen. And the Bible reads, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to just seek your faith, O Father, to hear a word from you, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that you would forgive us for any sins that we have committed against you, whether it be in thought, deed, or word, knowingly or unknowingly, be an omission or commission, Father. Father, help us to search the innermost depths of our hearts, God. And anything that is unlike you, reveal it to us in this moment, God that we may repent, that we may set it aside, and that we, Lord God, may receive from you. Lord, let us not leave this place the same way we came. Deposit into us something that we need from you on today, because we are all here standing in need of your glory. Help us on today, Lord God, with whatever situation that we have brought to the altar, Lord God. With whatever concern, whatever, with whatever question, with whatever need we have, God, we're asking to hear the answer from you on today. And Lord, where we fall short, help us to stand up and do it again the right way, the way that you would have us to do it, Lord God. Father, let no flesh glory in this place on today. Just your Holy Spirit, Lord God, be revealed through me, Lord God. Increase in me, Lord God, as I decrease, Father. Allow, Lord God, your Holy Spirit to not only speak through me, but to speak to me as well, that I too may receive what thus saith the Lord. Give us what we need on today, Father. We're trusting and believing in you like never before. And it is in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can pray. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the truth and the living God. Amen. Well, this is a blessing 
to be the first one up in the month. This is a rare opportunity that one of us gets. <laughs> Usually it's our pastors, so I count it as an honor and a privilege. And y'all know I like to preach, but my passion is teaching. So I want to learn you something today. Amen. So can I just teach you for a minute? And I might get excited and start preaching at the end, but I came to teach you something today. I love words. I say this all the time. I love words. And um, I don't get to teach as often as I would like, and that's okay. That's not a complaint because I have plenty of responsibility and plenty of things to do. But when I do get the opportunity to teach, I like to take full advantage. Cheer. The thing of the month, cheer. When we hear the word cheer, we often associate it with a loud noise that we hear from a a crowd. We associate it with excitement. We associate it with the world's definition of cheer. According to the Oxford Dictionary, it means to shout of joy or in praise of encouragement. But it also means to give comfort or support to. But when we hear it, we don't think about that give comfort or support to. We think about, hey, we're at the game for our kid or for our niece or our nephew. Let's cheer them on and encourage them to do something great. But how many of us know that the way the world defines the thing isn't necessarily the way that God defines the thing? So let's examine the biblical meaning of cheer. It means having hope, not getting discouraged, not losing faith, and living life joyfully. Having hope. Hope in what? In yourself? No. Hope in God. Hope in hope in our Savior. Hope in hope in the Word of God. Not getting discouraged. <laughs> Not getting discouraged. What? Do you know the world I live in? What do you mean not getting discouraged? <laughs> Where that happen at? Can I be transparent? September to now. Juan Inman, Lakeen Moore, Kim Seabrook, Deacon Elect Eric Fierce's son, Taylor Brown. Coda, Jaquan, Taja, Regina Halverson, Erica Williams, Catherine Watt, Sister Michelle's mom, Elder Latricia Bryant, Jair. I just called on a list of names from September to now. These are the people that touched my life or the lives of someone close to me that have died. 
You know, they say, death comes in three. It's a lot more than three. You know, they tell us, tomorrow's not promised. Live for today. But who are you living for today? Are you living for your own selfish desires? Are you living to have fun, to do the things that the world tells you it's appropriate to do? That the world sanctions that goes against every principle that our Bible teaches us? I have um, these two podcasting partners that I love having conversation with because they're so smart. And, you know, my favorite... Um, one of my favorite things is not being the smartest person in the room. Because if you're the smartest person in the room, that means you need to upgrade your company because you're not being challenged. But I love these gentlemen because they challenge me, and I challenge them. And so we have these conversations when it comes to faith and religion, and, and it, it forces me to go deeper in my study because I have an assignment and a purpose in my life to introduce as many as I can to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When I teach, I don't like to talk about myself. I try to stick to the word. I try to stick to the scripture. But there is a time every now and then where we have to testify about our lives and what we've been through. Should it be every single time that we have a platform? Absolutely not. Because God's word will do the work itself. But sometimes we have to make ourselves relatable to the people. A lot of death. I went to two funerals yesterday. Not one, two in the same day. That's the second time in, since September that there were two funerals in the same day. But it's just been a lot of death. I've been going to funerals on Saturdays and Sundays. Get out of church and go to a funeral. That's how much this wave of death has been. And it made me start reflecting on some things. And so as I was conversing with my daughter on the way to church this morning, my daughter said something to me that I've been hearing since my grandmother was alive. She said, Mama, we are truly living in the last days. And she said, people don't realize that we need God. And so we are human, and our human nature often puts us in a situation where we think about ourselves. What am I going through? What am I dealing with? Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? Why has all of this been laid at my feet? What did I do wrong? You didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Remember the servant Job? Come on now. And, you know, we're told, these old, older saints, I'm not going to call them old, these seasoned saints, <laughs> these seasoned saints, they tell us, don't you question God. 
Who are you to question God? <laughs> Don't you question God? Why not? Mm-hmm. Didn't God tell me to seek wisdom? Isn't he the source of the wisdom? Know that it is okay to have questions for God. But be prepared for the response. Because sometimes the question that you have for God is really to help reveal some things to you about you about how you're doing something. Because everything that we suffer through, everything that we go through, everything we like to lay at the devil's feet, some of it is a result of your disobedience and your defiance of God. God said, don't do that. You did it. God told Adam and Eve, don't eat of the fruit in the tree. They did it. Because what did Satan say? Now, they could blame Satan. But why? God didn't tell Satan, don't do it. He told you, don't do it. And when Satan came and told you to do something contrary to what the Father gave you instruction not to do, and you decided you want to test the water, you want to smell yourself, like your mama probably told you when you was coming up, and you went out there and put your hands on the stove and you got burnt, then you want to say the devil made you do it. No, you made a choice. And when you make a choice, you choose to deal with the consequences of your actions. And you can't blame the devil for that. It's okay to ask questions. Job asked questions because Job was suffering. And Job didn't do nothing wrong. But you know, sometimes when life hits us and we start going through some things and we um, don't understand and, and stuff just piles one thing on top of the next thing on top of the next thing on top of the next thing. It'll push us into sin. So when he started getting um, tested and tried and it became too much for him to endure, he started questioning God. It's in the text. I'm not going to read it to you. Go to Job 30, 24, and 31. Make a note so you can do this in your Bible study in private time. You know, you can read, um, start around chapter 30 and write it on out. You'll learn a lot. <laughs> Amen. Start at Job chapter 30 and write it on out to chapter 38. You're going to learn a lot. But Job questioned God because he was suffering. He was a good man. And I don't think I could have did it the way they had to do it back then. I don't think I could have got up every morning and slaughtered an animal and put blood on the altar and, and prayed. And I don't think I could have did all the labor that they had to do. It was more intense. So I thank God that I'm on this side of grace where Jesus shed the blood and he made the ultimate sacrifice. So I don't have to present blood at an altar every morning. But Job was faithful. 
Every morning he did what was required, not just for him, but his entire household. Those children that get out of order, the servants that may not be acting right, the whole house. He took on the responsibility for them all. And then you've got the nerve to hit me with all this affliction. God, what is going on? Come on now. Don't play with it. I ain't did nothing to deserve this. What's wrong with the speech? What's wrong with the language I'm using? When Joe starts, it is speaking. Joe got arrogant. And that's when he started asking the question. God didn't give him the answer he was expecting, but God helped him to humble himself through the experience and realize I'm being arrogant. I need to. Let me take a step back. I got to, because you know what, God? No, I can't create the cosmos. No, because God didn't answer him like, oh, this is why you went through that. Because God asked me, because Satan came and said, who can I go into the earth and challenge and and, and who can I devour? And he said, have you considered my servant Joe? He didn't say, I sent him to test you because I knew you wouldn't fail. That would have been the answer you want to hear. Which was the reason. But that's not the answer God gave him because at this point, Jail has transitioned. He's gotten arrogant. So he says to him in verse 38 and 4, I mean, chapter 38 and 4, he says, Have you ever in your days commanded the morning light? Where does light live? And where does darkness reside? Can you leave out a constellation in this season? This is God responding to Job. Because he, he answered and he gave him two responses, and the first was just a series of questions. Like, can you do this? Basically, he's asking him, are you as big and bad as me? Can you fix your own situation? You coming with the questions. I got some for you. Do you have some answers? But what, what was Joe's response? No. I'm not the God of the universe. I'm not the Almighty. I can't do nothing with that. So let me just close my mouth. He, what did he do? He put his hands over his mouth. Oh, let me, let me, you ever have to shut yourself up? Oop, Lord, it got out of hand. Let me, my little pre-kid cats, I'd be like, because, you know, sometimes they think they know better than you, too. <laughs> but Job got some answers. So it's okay to question God, but just be ready to accept the response. Just know it may not be what you want to hear. We even see it in our, our Savior. And people say, well, Jesus didn't question God. You sure? When he was on that cross, you sure? Luke twenty two forty two. did he not say, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. He's asking. But then he follows up with something very crucial. He says, nevertheless, not my will. But yours be done. See, he didn't get arrogant. He didn't get 
puffed up. He just said, you know what? I would rather not, but whatever your will is, God, I'm going to roll with it. That's it. So when God didn't answer, God didn't have to answer. He didn't do like he did with Job. He didn't have a conversation with Jesus and say, well, you know this got to be done. He was silent. He was silent. So sometimes there won't be a response. And you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with that. Amen. Jesus petitioned his father to take the burden from him. And he received no response. That's right. We petition the father to take our burden from us. Sometimes we don't receive a response. And when we don't receive a response, what do we do? Oh, you better say it. We try to be our own God. We try to fix it. Which you should take some steps to try to correct your situation because most of the time you're the reason you're in the situation in the first place. But it's the way we fix it. We have to seek God's counsel. We have to seek God's wisdom. We have to petition the throne of grace. We have to ask God what it is or what direction, what path should I follow to get the result that I am seeking. Because we can have whatever we want if we ask in faith. He said that. He said if we knock and, and at the door it shall be opened unto us. He has given us everything. If we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. If we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, everything else shall be added unto us. So he's given us the keys. He's given us the tools. He's given us the resources. We just don't follow the path. We, we got to do it our way. And in the process of doing it our way, and a lot of times making it worse than it already is, we abandon our faith. We blame God for everything going wrong. We start asking, why me? Don't abandon your faith. To abandon your faith is to abandon Christ himself. And we have to realize that Christ himself is the reason because it is us putting our faith and our trust in him that provides us the hope or the cheer that we need to face tomorrow. I don't know about you. I needed to face the next minute sometimes, the next hour, the next morning. Stop stressing over what is going to happen tomorrow. Because the reality is you may lay down tonight and not wake up. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that um, he pretty much confirms that for us. Matthew 6 and 34, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We're born into a world that is full of sorrow, full of trials, full of tribulations. We're constantly tested. We're constantly facing 
different things. We watch the news and we are bombarded with negativity, with people being killed, murdered, kidnapped. We live in the sex trafficking hub of the country. Women snatched off the streets. Boys, girls, children being sold overseas. That's enough for today. I definitely don't need to get a jump start on having gray hair tomorrow. I don't know about you. We have to embrace the peace that only God can give. Remember our foundational scripture, it says that these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. That's right. See, it's Christ that gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's Christ that can comfort our hearts. It's Christ that will give us a sound mind. My life has been one of great trials, great tribulations, many tests. I've been a victim of sexual abuse. I was raped multiple times. For a long time, I was angry, bitter. I, you know, we're not supposed to hate, but I hate it with a passion. I was a victim. I blamed the world, everybody, even those that were not guilty of my pain. I was a mother at an early age. I struggled. We were homeless for a while. I lived in a shelter. And it was just like one thing after the next thing. And instead of finding peace or having freedom, my mind was filled with chaos and confusion, which filled that anger and the hate and the vengeance that I felt. I ain't going to lie. I should have been in prison. I should have did some time because I done stabbed a few folks and um, I fought a few folks, and by the grace of God, I done sat in a few prison cells like, Lord, if you get me out of this one, I won't come back. And I went back and was like, well, Lord, this time I'm serious. <laughs> and then I went back. And you know that third time, the charm is like, oh, they talking about some real time. Lord, I ain't coming back. I'm going to get it right. But I couldn't get it right. And the reason I couldn't get it right is because I wasn't seeking God. I was entertaining God. I knew that, you know, there was this divine power out there in the atmosphere somewhere. Somewhere in the universe, this, this God existed. And I might need to holler at him when I get in trouble. But I wasn't hollering at him on a regular basis. I wasn't hollering at him like I was hollering at the dude I was talking to at the time. I wasn't giving him that type of energy. We wasn't kissing and hugging every day. We wasn't getting intimate. We wasn't having personal conversations. I wasn't talking to him every morning. I wasn't talking to him at noon. I wasn't talking to him at night. But that's the type of relationship he wants. He wants the type of relationship that we would give to our husband or our spouse. That's the kind of relationship he wants with the body of Christ. And what you will learn is when you develop that profound intimacy with your thoughts, then you will be able to deal with the issues of life. Yes, you will be. You know, 
I, I listen to these guys talk about the baby mama drama. But you know, God's plan was marriage. And if you had just got a wife, and then the husband of one wife, and she was the mother of all your children, maybe you would have a little less drama. Oh, sister, y'all are innocent. Because I can stand here too. You got that baby daddy drama? Well, God's plan was marriage. And if you had been the wife of just one husband, and he had fathered all your children, instead of you getting happy when Sammy told you you were cheap and that little skirt you had on, you might could have avoided some of that nonsense too. I'm just talking about myself. I can't talk about you. But I'm just testifying about Lorraine. I'm just saying. And if we just look at the list, I'm sure there's a few other things that we can qualify it with. I'm sure there's a few other scriptures in the word that will help solidify. If I had just did it God's way and not my way, I might could have changed some things. I might not have had to endure a little bit of this suffering. I might not have had to go through a little of that. I could have had a little less headaches over here. My finances could be a little better over here if I didn't have to have every Louis bag that don't have five dollars in. I'm just saying. No judgment, no judgment. I'm just saying. Because God tells us to be a good steward. Embrace the peace that only Christ can give. Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Look at that word anxious. It means experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about the imminent. Imminent meaning immediate, what's happening right now, about to happen right now. The imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Stop trying to fix what's happening in your life right now while your mind is all chaotic and crazy and confused. Stop, drop down and pray and seek the one who has the answers. Follow the path. Stop, think, analyze the situation. What could I have done differently? You might have found you didn't do nothing wrong. You might have found you did 10 things wrong. But if you try to fix it while there's no clarity, you're just going to make the problem worse than it already is. Patience. That's what God tells us to use. Patience. Don't be elvis and trying to fix things in your anxiety. When you get worried or nervous, don't go to the issue. Go to God. Have him calm your spirit. Have him calm your heart. Have him calm your mind. Ask him for clarity. Tell him to give you vision. Help him to, tell him to help you to realize what you need to change. And then have the faith to do the work so that you can implement it. Because faith without works is dead. It's not enough to stand and expect God to drop something out the sky that you try to change in your life. God wants you to do some work too. 
But you can't do none of this if you're not nourishing your spirit. Our body is comprised of two parts, this flesh and a spirit. And just like you feed this flesh everything that is not good for you, you need to feed your spirit the same. When you eat no donuts and no potato chips and no hot fries and your blood pressure up, your cholesterol high, and everything going so right with the numbers, I'm guilty. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me, y'all. I'm testified. I'm talking about me. Because this message is just as much for me as everybody else in this room. And some of it ain't for you. But just, I'm just talking about me. Can I testify? Can I be transparent for a moment? Can the Lord talk to me for a minute? Went to the doctor, everything out of order. I ain't never had hot blood pressure, but I'm walking through the school having hot flashes every two minutes, thinking I'm going through menopause. They say your blood pressure high. I ain't never had blood pressure issues. What you mean my blood pressure high? But I also know I hadn't been taking care of my temple the way I was supposed to. We do everything we can for this flesh. We feed it three meals a day, sometimes more than that. We give it snacks. We bathe it. We put nice perfume and lotions on it so it don't be ashy. We take care of the flesh. But more than we take care of the flesh, we have to nourish our spirit. Because the soul is eternal. This body going to drop dead one day and die. Back to the ground, it's going to return. But your soul is eternal. So we have to take care of it. We have to nourish it. Just as the physical body needs food to survive, the um, the, um, flesh needs that, our spirit needs fresh manna from on high. Jesus was able to combat the enemy's vices with the word. Luke 4 and 4 says, <laughs> we see Jesus telling us, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. But before he even gets to that part, what did he say? Three words. It is written. He didn't just say man shall not live. He said it is written. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is that word that feeds our soul. How much time do you spend in your Bible? Do you eat the word in the morning? Do you snack on it in the middle of the day? Do you have a little bit at dinner time? When just trials and tribulations come up, is the first thing you run to the phone or the Bible? How are you feeding your spirit? How are you nourishing your soul? Are you sitting in front of the TV watching Real Housewives of Atlanta? Loving hip hop this, loving hip hop which state? How many states they got mad now? What are you feeding your spirit? What is in the music that you're listening to? Is that, is that song that you're listening to bringing up feelings that you had 20 years ago about Mr. Charles that used to come visit you down the block? Turn it off. 
It's a television show. You single and you sitting up watching a TV show all the bad stories and you think about how you wish you had a man so now you're about to go call life. Turn it on. Because you know what you feed in your spirit? You're not feeding yourself the word of God. You're not putting yourself in a position to be able to war against the things that are here to set you up and cause you to fall. My kids be like, Mama, all you do is sit up and watch Matlock all day, these old shows. I sure do. Because ain't nothing decent on TV that's going to help nourish your soul. But I might be a little smarter when it comes to the law. I'm just talking about me. I'm just talking about me. This might not be for you. This is just, this is just for me. And I'm trying to keep it light. I'm trying to keep it light. But I got to be honest. We got to keep it real. Because there's too many people standing in the pulpit trying to pacify us and fluff us up and give us a feel-good message that's tending to the itchy ears. Because the word of God is not for the faint at heart. It's not for those with the itchy ears. It didn't come to entertain you or make you feel good. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about you getting to a place where you are serving him. It's about you getting to a place where you are glorifying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with your life. It is about you being Christ's representation here on earth so that when people that don't come into a church house come across your path, they see the Christ in you. They see that light that illuminates Christ. When you come into the room, those that are filled with darkness got to leave. Because they can't take you. We're not called to have people run all over us and treat us like anything. We're supposed to have a word to fight the battles that we face, that we come against. You see, when we nourish our spirit, we get a it is written. We get a it is written. We need to know the word of God. We need to find resolutions to our problems, and we find those in the Word of God. We need to ask God questions. Lord, where in your Word can I find the answer to the situation? We got to understand how you get there. Because once you get there and you stay there, You'll never arrive at the same place again. When adversity comes, we got to be so rooted and grounded in the word of God that when the situation begins to happen and we get mad and we start getting stressed because we can get angry. God said, be angry, but sin not. So when you get angry, so you don't slip in the sin, you get angry, you start walking and you start talking and you start telling your situation. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. When the finances looking out of whack, it is written. Philippians 4.19 says, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. When your children may act like they're supposed to, Proverbs 22 and 6, God says, I pray that the way that they should go when they're old, they will not depart from it. When you're struggling with temptation, 
Y'all like to twist this one up. Y'all like to say, he don't give you more than you can bear, but he said he will not tip you beyond what you can bear. And when you are tipping, it's not, um, it's not, it's, I, I'm mixing that, but it's not, it's nothing uncommon to mankind. And he will also be so gracious as to provide you with a way of escape. So when Mr. Johnny come calling, he gave you a way of escape. Mr. Johnny, I can't talk right now, man. <laughs> Hang up the phone. Escape. When you're dealing with health issues, it's in the Bible. When you're dealing with spiritual warfare, put on the arm of God, the breastplate of righteousness. Because the weapons of our warfare are not what? They're not carnal. But mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You know why you losing the fight? You ain't got nothing to fight with. You better memorize this word. If you feast on it daily, you will have something to fight with. What they say, you don't bring a, gun, a knife to a gunfight? You know why they say that? Because the people with the guns got an arsenal. Don't come to me with no foolishness because I got the word behind me and I'm going to hit you with it every time. People try to challenge me in my faith all the time. Or oh, the Bible says, the Bible says, and that's me, what the word says, what the word says. Say, well, how do you know it's true? Because I live by faith. And they say, well, how do you know that this is, and this religion is this, and, and they subscribe it? Oh, well, guess what? This is a religion I subscribe to, so this is how I'm walking. If you don't subscribe to this religion, guess what? It ain't for you. I don't expect you to believe what you don't subscribe to. But if you have accepted the Lord Jesus as Savior of your life, then this is the religion that you subscribe to. These are the commandments that you subscribe to. This is not about you. It is about Christ. God said that we are to die to self. We got to put ourselves aside, and we got to get about our Father's business. The world is dying because everybody is thinking about them. Everybody's worried about them. Everybody's fixated on what they need. Everybody's focused on me, 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 I, 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 selfie, selfie, selfie. We are born for purpose. God's purpose. And just like we go into this word to find answers to the issues of our life, go into this word and find out how you help serve somebody else's purpose. How do I mentor my sister? When I go through stuff, I don't go through it for me. When I survived all those breaks with my white mind, I didn't survive them for me. I survived them so this group of sisters that need some support can come and have a place and know that they have a God that loves them. They don't have to run around here with a messed up mind. They don't have to run around here with no self-esteem. They don't have to run around here feeling unloved. They can know that they have a Father in heaven that will protect them and keep them and govern them and progress them and make them great. And they don't have to know no more sorrow. When God delivered you from your debt, he didn't do it so you could go around here and flash how good you're doing and your nice house. He taught you something so that you could teach somebody else and show them how to get their situation right. This walk is not for us. It's for his glory. We have to allow God 
to use for his glory. Black Panther is one of my favorite movies, and I'm coming to a close. And there's a line in the movie where the father has died, and, you know, they go to the ancestral realm, and, you know, in the ancestral realm they can talk to the um, ancestors that passed away before them. And everything I do, I, I and it's, it's weird, people think it's weird, but I don't think it's weird. I, I try to find something that I can relate to my faith and to Christ in it. <clears throat> but in that line, he says to his son, you know, his, his son was like, you know, disappointed that his father's not dead. And he's like, I'm not ready to be king. I'm not ready to lose you. And he's like, if I did not prepare my children for my death, then I have failed as a father. And that was powerful to me because where people were thinking in that instance about the fact that this man said that I prepared you to take on the mantle, to be the king, to follow in my footsteps, you know where my mind went to? It went to a praise. It went to a worship because God God in his grace, in his mercy, in his excellence, in his beauty, in all his wonder. Not only did he send his son to come to earth to be an example for us, even in his son's death, he did that to prepare us for how to live in his day, how to be an example of representation representation of him here in the earth. And he don't force it on us. He gave us a choice. You can choose. You can choose. You can choose me. You can choose to follow the instruction manual that I left behind. We know we like to call it the basic instruction before leaving earth. You can you can choose to follow them. That's right. It's your choice. Come on, Elder. I'm not going to force you. Because he, he's a gentleman. He don't force anything on you. Don't know. You can choose me today. And if you haven't chosen Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, this is a great opportunity for you to examine yourself and make a decision to invite him into your heart to come and suck with him, to love him, and to receive his love that he has given to you so freely. And it's your decision. All you need to do is say, I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. And it's your personal relationship from this day forward that you will need to nurture and nourish and feed and grow in. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of praise. We thank you for this time of teaching. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Father, if any don't know you in the part of their sins and their desire is to connect with you on today, Lord God, we ask that you just come into their hearts. Father, you know the ones that are whispering in their mind right now. Father, come on in. Enter in, Lord God. Touch them, Lord God. From the crowns of their heads to the soles of their feet, align them with 
prayer partners and accountability partners and those that will help them along this journey. Lord, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God, whatever they are dealing with in their life, because we all are facing some type of trial, some type of tribulation, some type of test. Those that are bereaved, Lord God. Those that are financially burdened, Lord God. Those that need healing in their bodies, Lord God. Those that are confused. Those that have wayward children that may have gone astray, Lord God. Those that may be dealing with the healing or the need for healing to scars from emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence, Lord God. Whatever challenges, whatever tribulations, because we all have them, God. Help us to turn them over to you. Help us to trust you. Help us to lay them at your feet, God. Give us wisdom on this day, Lord God, that we may walk in your counsel. Keep us on the path of righteousness for your name's sake, Lord God. And because we are human, we will fall short. But help us to be quick to repent and to be forever changed, seeking to do what is right, not what is popular. We thank you, God. We glorify you. Protect our pastors. Give them traveling grace and mercy. Touch the Brown family. Give them traveling grace and mercy. Comfort the heart of Sister Michelle and Zumbane. Comfort the heart of Deacon-elect Eric Sears. Be a hedge of protection around them, God. Let them find their peace that surpasses all understanding by keeping their minds stayed on you. Strengthen marriages on today, Lord God. Call people out of sin into the marvelous light. And let us be beacons and representations of that light everywhere we go, Lord God. Not just in the church house, but in the grocery store, at the gas station, in our workplaces, at the schoolhouse, in community meetings, in our neighborhoods. Let us be a reflection of you, God. Keep us in the fire like the silversmith that we may continue to burn away the residue and see more of a reflection of you. And I pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the people of God say, Amen. Thank you so much for listening in to today's message. We hope that this service blessed your life. Please come back and join us again next time. Have a great day. God bless.